Malcolm X said the most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. Welcome back to Being Heard, Two Black Women, Coffee and Conversations. I'm Leah, your co-host, and my other co-host, Dana, is with me today. And today, we're going to be discussing the police murder of Tyree Nichols and the culture of police brutality. Good morning, Dana. How are you doing today? Good morning, Leah. How are you? How are you doing? I think today I'm feeling pretty cool, feeling a little cute, you know, got a little doom going on. So overall, good day. I'm glad the sun is shining in these frigid temperatures here in Iowa. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, today we're talking about something that seems to keep happening. Uh, It seems to be more vicious um, every time we see a new police brutality video. So we're going to dive into that. So on January 7th, Tyree Nichols was on his way home. In fact, he was just yards from his home when he was viciously snatched out of his car by Memphis Police Department officers. And these officers were part of a special unit called Scorpion, and w- which they were charged with dealing with um, you know, serious crimes. So here you have Tyree Nichols, it's January 7th, he's driving, he's close to home, and then the police roll up on him, snatch him out of his vehicle. And what ensues is another horrible instance of police brutality. He's snatched from his car, he's beaten, um, and he dies three days later. And now since then, the country again, Many people are in an uproar, calling for, you know, to defund the police, to abolish the police, to reform the police. But here we are again, seeing a black man um, who's just going about his day in a a traffic stop and he doesn't make it home. So we're going to unpack that today. Leah, have you seen the videos by the Memphis Police Department of the officers? It was five black officers uh, one white officer that we know of, another officer hasn't been identified by police. And then there was some um, misconduct by the uh, medics who arrived on the scene. Have you seen any of those videos and what do you think? No, I have not watched it. Um, I did wake up to hearing about the news and I'm grateful for people like yourself. You have a link. I read the article. Um, And I'm grateful that it says warning, because for me right now, it's just a reminder of what happened on George with George Floyd, which happened the day after my birthday. And when I was watching it, all it kept giving me was images of what that was my child, my son um, that it was occurring to. And so, no, I don't want to traumatize myself more to watch another senseless killing of a young black man again. It doesn't matter at the hands of who, but the fact that he lost his life um, probably should put me some tissues over here. Um, That affects me. And so, no, that's my why I did not watch it. I don't feel like as a black woman, it's good for us to watch these things or as black people, because instead of it being the tree we were hanging from, it is now us seeing ourselves being lynched on um, video. And those memories last with you. Like, I can never unsee what happened to George Floyd. 
Um, so Dana, you wrote the article about it. Did you take the time to watch it as well? Yes, I did. Um, so I've watched the video a couple of different times. There's four videos that I posted on my site, Black Iowa News. Um, I've, I watched it um, a couple of days ago. And since then, I've watched different pieces of it as more information has been released. And we delved into like what officers did what. I watched it again. Um, when I watched it the first time again, it is traumatic. There's no doubt that these videos are traumatic. Um, it hurts. It pains us as Black people. And this is where you start to talk about like the generational trauma that we carry um, because we are we are all connected and it does hurt us because we're, we don't just see these videos as we know. Um, we're not just seeing Tyree Nichols there, you know, getting beat down to the ground. We're not seeing him cry out for his mom. We're not just seeing him in the hospital bed connected to life support, his face um, swollen and bruised. Um, we're seeing every black person we ever know, have ever known. We're, we're, we're thinking about what if that was my husband? Like you said, what if that was my child? What if that was me? What if that was my neighbor? We're seeing all of that and it hurts. It, it, it's, I've said before, like, especially with George Floyd, that was soul destroying to watch that video. Like some part of our soul was, is missing because of that, you know, how painful and how hurtful it was. So watching this, um, and I didn't think I was going to ever watch anything um, since George Floyd that would, would break me like the George Floyd video did. Um, but this video, it came close. It was horrible. Um, I was more struck in this video also at just the sheer viciousness and of the officers. Like, you know, the, the officers that everything that they did, there was nothing professional. You know, police like to talk a lot about how professional they are. There was nothing professional. They didn't follow their own procedures. They're lying on screens. Like some of the things that they did was um, give commands to Tyree Nichols to do, like get on the ground. He's already on the ground. Put your hands behind your back. His hand was already behind his back. You know, they're doing that to cover themselves. So like they're already in the midst of knowing they're doing something wrong and, but trying to sell it while they're depriving this young 29 year old skateboarder, amateur photographer, uh, father of his life and liberty. And they think that they're going to get away with it. And so there's so much about the videos. You know, I had to watch it too, um, you know, from a journalist perspective in terms of I want to know what happened so I can really relate to people, you know, how I was feeling about it um, and, and just making sure. But it, it is very hard to watch. And I totally understand when people, you know, don't want to keep watching these videos. There was, um, and this is a separate issue, but there is a case right now in Iowa and Cedar Rapids. The young black woman's name is Devonna Walker. And she was um, stabbed by a white man after some sort of neighbor, some sort of interaction gone awry. And there's video of it. And I believe some of those that video has gone viral. And I didn't watch that video at the time when it happened because, again, um, I, I had just experienced um, 
not a death in a family, but one of my friends, her mother's had died, which brought up a lot of feelings for me. And I just couldn't watch it at the time. Like I could not literally watch this black woman, Devonna Walker, be be stabbed to death. Like it it so I didn't watch that video. So I totally get, you know, sometimes it's just too much. These videos are a lot. We lose pieces of ourselves watching. And we lose pieces of ourselves watching these videos of police brutality because nothing is changing. (laughs) It's not. It's absolutely not changing. The odd thing for me in this situation is how quick people were to be like, the five black police officers were arrested. Like at the end of the day, why are we quick to maybe point that out? But if you want to go there, let's talk about that. Like why are black policemen arrested immediately in this particular situation but like with the floyd case it felt like it take forever we go back to our youth when it happened to rodney king like that drug out forever um on him and he had what a life line of lifetime ailments for him and so now we're seeing our deaths you know i'm i am listening and visualizing like do i even want my son going somewhere away from me like am i going to be like look when you when you're ready to move out i need you to live in this particular neighborhood you know keep your head down like what do you say i I recognize also the importance of my husband because he's the black father like he has survived almost 50 years of living not being on the other end of the law and the crazy part is whether we're committing a crime or not somehow yet we end up still being victims of it. And I I wish people could connect the dots of, I say it all the time, you know, the police for me have always been a lineage of the slave patrol. That's what it was set up for. Um, When we talk about like our gun laws, for instance, since this is guns, well, I'm going to say guns are a part of killing people. But when Black Panthers were around and they had guns, look how quick that law got enacted. You know, it's always about policing us and then using us against ourselves. Um, did you find things that were odd for you as you were writing it from your personal view and as a journalist? Yeah, there, I mean, there's so many things that were odd. Like just the fact that when these officers pulled him out of the car, they, you want to talk about going from zero to 100 real quick? Like they were already on the thousands. Like you literally would have thought that Tyree had done had um, done something really horrific to get snatched up out of a car like that, and he had done nothing. You know, he whatever they're saying, whether it was um, reckless driving, I think is what they initially said it was. We didn't get to see that in the videos, and since they've proven themselves to be liars, we can't just take their version of what happened. We don't really know why they snatched him out of the car like that. We only know what why they said they did it. So that's part of the problem. The fact that they're lying all the way through and saying things to cover themselves, um, to me, is just really, you know, totally unprofessional and it's immoral. Um, there was other things that they did in the video, like, you know, when they were running and, you know, the things that they said they wanted to do to him um, because he wasn't doing what they wanted him to do. So it's just so much, but I wanted to back up to something you said. And 
just to reiterate that um, because of the pervasiveness of police brutality, which has happened here in Des Moines, um, you have the nonprofit group Just Voices, um, which has chronicled story after story mm-hmm. after story from Black men who have been pulled over on these pretextual um, traffic stops, meaning the police are looking for just any old reason to pull these people over and and um, deprive them of their liberties. These Some of these um, people in Des Moines, they went on to sue and they went on to win lawsuits against the police because of that. So it's happening, but it can happen anywhere. It doesn't matter what neighborhood you're in. Like the, your skin color is the problem for these police. So the, the that neighborhood that Tyree was in, I don't know if you looked at the, well, you didn't watch the video. Mm-hmm. So let me the, those homes, big, nice, suburban looking homes, like really nice neighborhood. So we so, were in a suburb kind of yeah. nice. So we, okay. See, I was thinking. And, but just, just to say something though, there's plenty of houses in the city in right. proper that are nice. Suburban is not um, all inclusive of where nice homes are. Right. But, but so the, what I'm trying to say is um, that's not going to insulate us. That's not, you know, sadly, that's not going to insulate your son. Um, mm-hmm. Your son could be anywhere at any time, just like your husband, my husband. Um, those police, when they they don't they didn't know anything about Tyree when they snatched him out of that car. He's a law-abiding citizen. He's a skateboarder. He's what appeared to be a nice young man. And you mm-hmm. can tell this. Some of this you can tell. You know, obviously from the press conferences, his mother has spoken. His lawyer Ben Crump. People that known knew him have spoken. But mm-hmm. just how he handles himself in the video, he's very like you know, chill. Like, you know, imagine you've got all this swarm of police coming at you with all this anger out of nowhere. And he's just like, whoa, like, chill. Like, what, you know, like, but you, you know, to when most. you're calm like that, when someone is already angry, um, they that anger gets even more, as the word, perverse. It gets even more intense. Because you're not giving that reaction. Because had he responded back in anger upon what is being disclosed, I'm pretty sure that would have been, oh, now we definitely got to throw some more bows into it. But it's like, it's kind of like dealing with a child. You know, when I try to discipline my son about some things, I notice how he'll figure out, okay, maybe I don't need to say anything in this moment or it's going to make things worse. And you as a parent or something are like, didn't I just ask you a question? And then, you know, I have to go back and think, okay, what am I trying to get out of this in this moment? And what am I trying to get him to learn? Um, I'm annoyed because I don't understand why these things keep happening. Why is this still occurring? Which I know, like the system is, it's not broken. It is doing what it is meant to do. It is creating further and further harm because when you look at we're in Iowa and because of media, we know this happened in Memphis, Tennessee. Back in the day, you wouldn't have known about this stuff until like months later if it made it into the newspaper, if the media decided to talk about it. But now we're actually talking about it and shining a light and we're still not trying to do anything um, as far as like abolish, defund or reform policemen like 
when are we going to have some kind of implicit bias? When are we going to stop seeing black on black crime? And where is there going to be some accountability starting from the top down to the bottom? You know, your last name got to be a certain last name to make you untouchable when it comes to if you're breaking the law or not. But, you know, I digress to say, like, when I would tell people, you know, we talked about it in our first show about walking outside. Like, I refuse to walk outside my home. Yes, in suburbia, depending on what time of the day it is. I don't want to drive somewhere at night by myself or with my son unless I am with my husband. And even then, I want to help and get home. I am from the you close your blinds and your curtains the minute it get dark. I don't come from they're going to be wide open, you know. And it's all those things historically taught to us because of... And I'm not trying to make this a comparison per se, but because of the lynchings or cross burning, like you had to send your kid out, you know, if they accuse your child of doing something. And then we get to hear later on, oh, well, that was an accusation. That person was lying. It's. Well, what's happening now is, you know, this is modern day lynching. This is lynchings happening on street corners you know, on the cur- on the curb. And we can't close our curtains to this because it, it continues to happen. Like we all thought, um, you know, after George Floyd and you saw just the wave of people demonstrating and protesting, you saw people push for changes in legislation. And then we saw even here in Iowa, all of that backfired because our Republican led governor, our Republican governor, um, pushed for even more protection for police and over the people, you know, so, you know, and made protesting, um, strengthen the fines for protesting. And, so and creating it. If you go protest, um, I think she put in the law that they, people can hit you if you do not have it, right, a permit, I think, or something. Or it's, it hasn't been clear. Like, if you want to go protest now, you got to go through some channels first to make right. it a little and, good. And, I mean, when you want to talk about First Amendment rights, you know, it, it's it's really the powers that be want to protect police. They want to protect the status quo. And they want to continue to over-police um, and over-scrutinize and control black bodies. That's what this is really about. And we know this. And so, you know, my sister and I, we talk this, analyze stuff all the time, the news. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things that we have consistently said s- since George Floyd is that, you know, we, we were sad when people stopped protesting. We were sad when people stopped gathering because that we need that pressure. Like we need continuous pressure in order for things to change. We need, because it's not going to change on its own. The police aren't going to change themselves. They, you know, since um, Tyree Nichols was murdered by police, you've seen this um, swarm of police departments and law enforcement put out these flowery um, social media posts about how shocked and, you know, concerned they were. And this is terrible and shouldn't be happening but you're literally part of the problem. You're literally why it's happening. The fact that you don't want to change, the fact that you see no no reason to change what you're doing, the fact that you don't view, you can't view Black people as human and dehumanize them on the curb. Because and, the culture says 
Well, who do you call? So if somebody break into your house right now, who are we calling? Right. But here's the deal. When that conversation comes up in my household, I have to think twice about calling. Cause if they come in here, am I going to have to prove I'm a resident? Am I going to have to prove why? Like I think about that all the time, especially forgive me from some of, to my white friends, just let you know ahead that when white people are in my home and say, it's just a regular everyday person fixing something like, what if that person causes me harm and I call the cops? Are they going to immediately think I don't own this place? Because when I've let people in, it's a, it's a shock. Like you live here, you, you know, and the question is how long you've been here. And it's like, that ain't about that. But I always second guess, can I call a cop? Can I do that? And and I, I did, Dana, by the way, um, when I was campaigning, I um, wanted to have my photos taken with the police it was a new community liaison happened to be a black guy. And I was told I can't have this picture. You know, it's going to look like, um, we're trying to like endorse and use the whole thing about the hatch act, which by the way, is for federal employees, not city. I look in my, um, looking through social media, I see, and I'm just, I don't know if I should name her name, but I see a candidate that's now on the board flanked by two police officers, two different events perpetuating. When you talk about, the stuff and the system perpetuating a student club group called Turning Point USA, which perpetuates hate along with another group called Monster Liberty. Like these are like well-known groups working together to keep the system staying the way it is. Like how we got, we talked about school vouchers, right? So I go to the chief and I'm like, this was concerning to me because the only difference I could see in the scenario was I'm a black woman. And when I began to say, you know, and I have some ties to, you know, corrections and we'll leave it at that since there's, you know, it's a privacy issue. I didn't understand what the deal was. And I was happy that I walked away with a little bit more culture. But in the back of my mind, what a lot of people don't know, being a part of my advocacy group, JPAIR, we have been basically being tallied because when you talk about the, pro- the protest, for instance, because they saw someone from a BLM protest, therefore connects it to JPAIR. Therefore, the Johnson Police Department has been watching us. So when I have all that in my mind, my fear begins to think, okay, what is the one thing that can happen and go wrong for me at any given moment? If I say the wrong thing, am I in the wrong place at the wrong time? You know, when the parent said the N-word and the first thing our superintendent did at our Johnson Community School Board is she went and called the cops. Who were you calling the cops on? You know, and, and those are the little microaggressions I'm trying to say along the way of when you're constantly doing that and you're silencing people. And like you said, I agree. I wish we would have continued to see the momentum of the protest in general. I saw us going forward, you know, seeing Indira get on the Des Moines City Council. I'm not in that district, but seeing her being able to get there, but then she's getting shut down by no one wanting to, you know, agree to her votes, I guess, or what her position is, all behind not understanding when they're saying defund. Defund isn't remove the police. It's just saying, hey, can we have people take the time to educate themselves? Can we have time for people to say, you know what? I am 
recognizing where I'm a problem here, that I got these implicit biases going on, creating an issue. Um, that's, whew, we just got a ways to go. I, I don't even know how, how do we go next, Dana? Like, I don't even know where to go next. Well, I know like Just Voices um, recently on their social media post, they were talking about how each Des Moines Police Department employee costs the city an average of $140,000 a year. And they were looking at this in Des Moines' um, 2003 fiscal budget. So a lot of what they're, you know, when you mentioned defund, it's it's talking about the fact that the police budgets are so much of the city's budget. So, I mean, people, you know, they know what defund means when they want to, you know, you put defund with anything else and they'll understand what it means. It's again, they don't want to. Again, many people believe that these issues of policing, it's not affecting them. It's not affecting people that look like them. And so they have this limited um, level of caring. They also believe that, um, you know, when you're being tortured, by all of these police officers that swarmed like on Tyree Nichols, that you're supposed to, you know, lay perfectly still. You're supposed to be complicit in your own murder. Um, So it's, we're at a point where if we're going to make any changes, um, all of these options, in my opinion, need to be on the table, the defund, the abolish, the reform. And I mean, when you, I've read stories where they've talked about, okay, maybe police don't need to do these traffic stops, you know? Maybe you just, if you see a car doing something wrong, but it's not um, hard, you know, it's not in the middle of a crime or something. Maybe maybe you just shoot them a ticket, you know? And, And because it's their interaction with that person, the motorist, black motorist, that is setting off a chain of events that leads to um, the extra judicial mm-hmm. killings of black people. So how could we be for that? We're, you know, we're black people. I like Why that. Would we you shoot us t- I like that. That's a good, I like yeah. that. Dana. that why hey, we, yeah. Shoot, That's you good. know, why would we co-sign this? Like we can't continue to co-sign this. And so I really think, you know, that as far as like, you know, what should happen now? Where do we go next? I really feel like we need more. Number one, we need Black people to engage. Okay. Well, it's hard to engage with a system that doesn't want you there, um, doesn't appreciate your contributions, um, doesn't even really see your humanity. But we we still need Black people to engage. We need you to run for city council, school board, boards of supervisors, any board... Any group you can, we need to literally a public library, anything that you right. know that has um, any type of influence um, is going to be our key here. I got, I, I, yes, all right, engage, engage. get get involved, um, put pressure. Yes, and I mean we have in Des Moines, especially we have so many groups like Just Voices, like um, CCI. Um, there, there's groups that are that that's what they do. They've been in the game a long time. They've been putting pressure, and some of the changes that we've got in the police department came because they put this continuous pressure. And but it we, built a relationship because those are the same people who get called in 
um, when dealing with victims here in our cities and stuff, it, um, I think that's a great deal. And I think too, is like what I was trying to go with earlier about mentioning our chief here is that positive, um, conversation I had walked away with a phone number and, um, someone I could call, like if I needed something like that gave me a positive memory so that I'm not always thinking opposite. And that brings up something too, that you said earlier that I want to touch upon. And that is the fact that I've said this for a long time and I stand on a 100. We're safer as black people. If we never interact with police, if we go out of our way to just not interact with them, because every additional interaction could lead to this, you know, um, could lead to you being a statistic. So it appears that our police department is, doesn't really want to communicate very well with the public, which is a problem because again, you want to talk about like, even back on our voucher conversation where people are, you know, well, this is tax money that came from taxpayers that went to the state coffers and then you're taking away from public use and you're using it for private. Same thing with the police department. Our tax dollars are going where? To fund what? So who works for whom in this situation? But they, they're operating, in my opinion, like this um, separate, untouchable faction. And if you're operating like that, then how are you serving the people? How are you, how are you helping us? Like if you want to keep yourself separate and just rule. So until something in that changes, I feel like we're safer, just not interacting. And, but at the same time, and I know that's like a contradiction because at the same time I'm saying we need to run for these boards. We need to keep the pressure up, but we still have to protect ourselves. We still got to get, I don't think it's contradictory, but I'll still stick to the same message as um, when we were talking about vouchers and talked about the unfortunate deaths of the young men. I think it's a community. We need to have a community. When I first got here, I was on the diversity committee and um, I learned that there is a separate police officer, an Asian police officer who deals directly with the Asian community. And I've often felt like, why don't we have some of our black police officers that actually just deal with us? Like we can take our concerns that way so that there's like a median in between. And it's not met with that because a black person interaction with you that's a police officer is different than a white person. For example, when was it some state university? Okay. When some state university, young student was asked to do an assignment. Um, instead, she popped off at a teacher. The teacher happens to be not a black person. Another teacher overheard called campus police. The black campus police officer came in and had a conversation. But the white campus police officer escalated the situation, arrested her, and then it, and it spiraled out of control. I do think when we are amongst ourselves, we handle it totally different. It's the language. It's like I was reaching out today about discussing something but wanting to know my thoughts. And the reality is that's how you be an ally because that person is not a black person. However... We need to be able to have our seat at the table and have our own. Has Des Moines even had ever a black police chief officer? Is there one in Waterloo? See, right? Like, is there one in Iowa that we know of? Oh, there's a black police chief. Um, I believe the police chief in Ankeny is black. I mean, there are, 
but in this instance having in this instance being a black police officer meant nothing because the uh officers in the tyree nichols case that were brutalizing him were black so that's right. where this whole culture of um and i want to read a quote that's where the whole culture of policing is is really on trial here because um we we don't get that when it's something about and people smarter than me have said this it's something about you know they put on that blue uniform and that uniform is a uniform of white supremacy so hmm. they're adopting you know okay. they're they're upholding that so here's upholding what, the system in place because the uniform says you're invisible unless it depends because didn't a white woman just sleep through the police department and all those black men that slept with her they were fired wasn't that another one that happened I'm not sure. I might have to remove this part to tell myself so, um this quote is from the Memphis City Council chairman he said this on CNN he said okay. people want to say that these were black officers on a black man it's the culture of policing that says when you have a black motorist we can treat them any type of way so being black in this instance it didn't so the crime is basically just yeah. being black period yeah, it, it didn't protect it had black. nothing to do okay i man so as, i would as just we, like to say i really my heart goes out to the family of tyree nichols my heart goes out to every person that we have to continue to be um see these videos that that this continues to be such a problem um this is another it's another wake-up call that we cannot continue to live like this this is not living when we're living under this kind of rule where black people are scared to be out in public because of the fear that you know our skin color is the weapon um, when it comes to how police view us. Something about this has to change. It has to change now. We have to stay on this. So I hope that we are awake again, you know, um, and we can make some progress and just keep um, pushing the dial to change this because our children shouldn't have to grow up in a country that views them suspiciously all the time. And as, as we bring this to a, to wrapping up, um, welcome any thoughts uh, about this further um, because I don't feel like, or we, I would speak maybe and say, we don't think this is going away anymore when we've been having these conversations coming up because this is 2023 and we know Floyd happened in 2020 amongst other incidents prior to all of this, but we really do need to dive into why is the culture of police seeing being so brutal um, thank you so much for watching our podcast today. You can follow us on YouTube, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, and Spotify, as well as Black Headline News. Thank you, and have a great day. Mm -hmm.